Welcome to Marksman, a program for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ's likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host, and so glad you have hit that play button and joined me on the podcast today. And again, I want this to be a conversation. I would love to hear from you men. The best way to reach out to me is via email, and you can email me at spellmanministries at gmail.com. Just simply S-P-E-L-L-M-A-N, ministries, plural, at gmail.com. And also, I like to remind you guys that uh, if you go to the website and click the link for the newsletter or updates, you can give me your email there. And as well, we will then send you on Monday, I write a devotional just to spark conversation, just to get conversation going with your spouse, with your family, with your brothers in Christ, you know, just conversation starters. And they hit your inbox each Monday. We won't blow up your inbox with lots of things each day. It just comes to you on Mondays. But if you go to the website there and, uh, of course, just check out the website, but also just click that little button, give us your email address And you'll begin receiving those updates, or I should say those um, devotionals each Monday. We do do occasional updates, but they're they're random, they're occasional. It's not something weekly that's going to be hitting your inbox. Um, Just as we're led and directed to give updates, we'll send those out. But uh, we'd love to hear from you. So also hit a review on the podcast. That also helps us um, kind of improve our numbers. And which what that's about is people. We want to help more men. We want to help more people. And so, of course, this podcast, Marksman, we're aiming at a conversation with men. But of course, if you haven't checked it out on Wednesdays, every Wednesday, my son Sam blows it up with a podcast called Roar, R-O-A-R, Revealing Our Amazing Redeemer. And you will love those conversations as well. And then, of course, Friday, it's just general family mission podcast. Um, We'll take different topics. Currently, my wife and I are focusing on the mission of marriage. But we'll have a mixture of guests, not only on this program, but others. Um, But I do not want to forget Tuesdays. Tell your wives, tell your lady friends, check out on Tuesday my wife's podcast called Crowned in His Glory. Now, all of these are on the Family Mission Podcast group. You just got to go to one location and they're all there for you to click and listen. But again, Tuesday, crowned in his glory. Ladies, you will want to check it out. So men, um, share it with your wives, your friends, your lady friends, your neighbor. <laughs> anyway, let's let's get into the conversation today. Um, I had a nudge in my spirit just to look at Revelation 1 here as we begin today. Um because I believe I'm talking to kings. That's right. This conversation is a very high-level conversation. I'm talking to kings. I'm talking to the king in you. And so you say, what are you talking about? Well, let me tell you what I'm talking about. Go to Revelation chapter 1, and you may say, whoa, Revelation, that mysterious book. Well, it's really not that mysterious especially when the title is The Revelation of Jesus Christ. So if we just keep it simple, I know there is some imagery. I know there's some things. There's some 
um, things that you might have to do a little study, a little bit of digging, maybe follow somebody who's uh, who's done a little study in the arena of the Revelation. But by and large, Revelation 1, 2, and 3, you can read those three chapters often. And in fact, if you just comb over those first three chapters, well, actually, four and five too, but just the first few chapters, read over those several times, you'll begin to get Jesus in focus where as you would read through the book of the Revelation, um, it'll it'll drastically um, simplify and it'll be more life-giving because here's what it says, first and foremost in Revelation 1-3, blessed is he that reads. So we can't have an attitude going into this. This is going to be difficult. This is going to be hard. This is like some great mystery. You know, only a few can understand it. No, the Bible says, Revelation 1-3, blessed is the man. Blessed is the one who reads it. And okay, as men, we need to be willing to talk about the end times. We need to be willing to talk about the hour in which we are living. Our wives are going to have questions. Our children are going to have questions. Uh, coworkers are going to have questions. You can't be living and breathing right now and not know <laughs> that we are in the end of days. I mean, Second Timothy chapter 3 gives a uh, a list of the times that we're living in. You don't have to turn there. And in fact, if you're just listening, just listen. But um, <laughs> let me just read what Paul wrote to Timothy before we jump into Revelation. Second Timothy, it says in chapter 3, Know this, that in the last days, perilous times, that means difficult times, shall come. That's our time. There's no question. We live in difficult times perilous times. It says, number one, men will be lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. And then look at this verse five, having a form of godliness, yet denying the power thereof from such turn away from such turn away. He goes on down in verse seven, talks about ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That clearly describes the time that we're living in and definitely there are all different forms of godliness that deny the lordship and rulership of King Jesus. The lordship and kingship of King Jesus. And that's why I love verse 7 when it talks about distinguishing ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's because truth has a face. Truth is a person. Jesus said, King Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. John 14 and 6. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. So King Jesus, he's the truth. And I love what it says in the Gospel of John, John chapter 18, where Jesus is standing before Pilate. Pilate asks him a question. He says, are you a king then? And he says, you rightly say. He says, in fact, for this cause, I was born to give witness and evidence 
of the truth. And I love the next thing he says. And those who want the truth or those who are of the truth will hear my voice. Oh, I hope you caught that. Those who are of the truth, or I would say those who want the truth, they will find Jesus because he's the truth. The question is, do they want the truth? Not just a truth, not just their truth, the truth. Because Jesus Christ, King Jesus, Lord Jesus, he is the truth. And if a heart wants the truth, the heart will find Jesus. That soul will find Jesus Christ. So now back to Revelation 1 and verse 3. Blessed is he that reads and those that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. That was 2,000 years ago, brothers. (laughs) The time is at hand. Now, of course, the Bible says, Peter records it, a day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. So we're just talking, you know, years in our calendar, 2,000 years seems like a long time, especially when we may not live out much more than 120 years, you know, physically. So when you talk about 2,000, that seems like a long time because it blows way past anything we'll ever experience. So, but if a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day, then that's just been two days. That's, you know, how fast does two days go? I mean, two days, I mean, (laughs) it just blows by. So in God's perspective, and that's the one authoring this, and, and King Jesus, from which he is speaking, resurrected, ascended, and glorified. Um, it, it hasn't been a long time. These are the last days. The time is at hand. And here's what he writes, or rather John writes, John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace and peace be multiplied to you from him which is and which was and which is to come. That's referring to Jesus. Past, present, and future. I love that. Truth, when we receive the truth, it affects our past, it affects our present, and it affects our future. So a relationship with Jesus is going to affect our past, it's going to affect our present, and it's going to affect our future. And he goes on to say, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. I don't want to dive into the weeds right there right now. (laughs) I'd love to take that rabbit trail, but... uh, I want to stay focused. (laughs) I I get to read through these chapters and I can dive off into all kinds of trails, but I want to stay focused because I want to, again, focus on you and the king in you and a a king mentality. Because look what it says in verse 5. From Jesus Christ, this is Revelation 1.5. From Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness Jesus is a faithful witness. He was a faithful witness. He is a faithful witness. And like he told uh, Pontius Pilate, I came to give witness to the truth. And the question in the question on the table was, are you a king? How many of the truth is he's a king? 
But they were so confused because what they thought, even his own disciples thought, because see, they didn't understand the church. They, they didn't understand this little slice of time called the church age. They thought King Jesus was going to lead them to take over and to take dominion and to run Rome out of Israel. So that's why when Jesus got handed over, it was because they, the religious leaders, presented to the governor, Pilate. He was a representative of Caesar. They presented a threat to Caesar. Jesus was not crucified because he was a religious man. He was crucified because on terms, he claimed to be the king of the Jews. He didn't just claim to be he was, and he is, and he is to come. But that was the charge. He wasn't crucified as a religious man. He was crucified as a threat to Caesar. That was the charge brought against him, that he was calling himself the king of the Jews. So the question Pilate asked in John 18, are you the king? Are you a king? And he says, you rightly say. And he basically also kind of, he worked with him a little bit. He says, are you asking me this question or have others put you up to it? <laughs> I'll tell you, there must have been a look on, on Pilate's face. And if you read the rest of the story, he was not happy to be put in that position. He had the fear of God on him. He had a dream. Even his wife had warned him. How I many when your wife warns you, you know, you need to be thinking. You need to be thinking once, twice, or three times. <laughs> his wife had even warned him to not mess with this man. Well, so Jesus asked him, he said, are you asking me or has someone put you up to this? He says, but you have rightly said, I am a king. He said, but my kingdom is not of this world. For if it were of this world, my servants would fight. See, that was the, the mystery. The kingdom was not of this world and the kingdom was going to be set up in the hearts of men. God's or Jesus said it is the father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. And that's what you receive when you are born again. You receive a kingdom. When you are born again, men, when your spirit is recreated and you become a new creation in Christ Jesus, you just received a kingdom. Glory to God. You just received a kingdom. It is the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And when he gave you Jesus, a king, he gave you a kingdom. You can't separate a king from his kingdom. He gave you a king and every seed produces after its kind. If he, John 12, Jesus said, my life is like a seed. If I don't lay it down, I'll just die alone. But if I die, if I plant it, then I will bring forth many sons to glory. He said, a corn of wheat, unless it's planted, will abide alone. But if it's planted, it brings forth much fruit. And this is just basic stuff, guys. This is just basic stuff. But I'm telling you, it's powerful because a, a bean will produce a bean. Corn will produce corn. On and on the example would go. But if you plant and sow not only the Son of God, but you plant a king, <laughs> what are you going to receive? What's going to, what is the fruit of a king? Kings. And so, men, when you received Jesus, you received a king. And you not only received a king, you received a kingdom. Now look at, look at the evidence of this in Revelation 1.5. Jesus Christ, faithful witness, the first begotten from the dead. 
Not the only one begotten from the dead, just the first one. He's the first fruits. When you and I got born again, we followed him. We came alive from the dead. Jesus was the first one begotten of the dead. He is the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Now that's that's the part of the gospel we hear a lot about. The shedding of the blood of Jesus, the price that was the price of our sin, the penalty of our sin, the blood of Jesus was shed, and that's what he's referring to here. Unto him that loved us, and not only let his blood be shed, that blood was cleansing, and he washed us from our sins. How I many of the blood has washed you? You are clean. You're not just forgiven, you're clean. See, this is, the, this is the difference between the Old Testament and the New. The Old Testament had forgiveness. They had blood shed then, and that blood just atoned and covered. But the blood of Jesus doesn't just cover and atone. The blood of Jesus washes and cleanses our sins away. So he washed us and he cleansed us from our sins in his own blood. Verse 6, I hope you're ready for this. And has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory forever and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. What does that mean? So be it. I mean, let's just let's just say that right now, like like Mary, when she received that amazing word that she was going to conceive the son of God, that which was born of her was going to be called the son of the most high. I mean, all those things the angel Gabriel announced to her that just blew her away. And then she said, you know, how is this going to be? How am I going to know? And the angel said, the power of the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. And that which is conceived in you is going to be holy. Well, in the same way, when you and I were born again, it was because of the power of the Holy Ghost. It was because of the overshadowing of his presence when we confessed our sins and received forgiveness and confessed the Lordship and the and the, the Savior, Jesus Christ. When we did that, Holy Spirit was there to Boom, do his work, recreate us, refather us, where our spirit came alive from the dead. We came out of the darkness, we came into the light. Colossians chapter 1 says, We came out of the darkness into the kingdom. Says that in Colossians 1, the kingdom of the Son of his love. We got moved into a kingdom. We were saved by a king. Why? Because we're kings. And the kingdom, Jesus said, the Father's pleasure is to give us the kingdom. Yes, you got born again. Yes, you're going to heaven when you die. But man, don't postpone your joy. Don't postpone your celebration. And don't postpone walking in dominion and authority and identity and purpose and value because you are a king. According to Jesus, a king and a priest. Now, there's a great companion to this passage. It's found in uh, 1 Peter, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. I love this. We're not going to go super long today, guys. Just wanted to just um, 
reach out to you here on this podcast and just had this burning in my spirit this week. And I just wanted to exhort you and just maybe call you a little bit higher because sometimes we can get into the grind of whatever our routine is, whatever our life is, and we just need a washing in the water of the word. We just need to look into the mirror of the word and see who we really are. It doesn't matter what job you hold. It doesn't matter how much you make an hour. It doesn't matter what part of the country, what part of the globe you live. What matters is, is your faith in Jesus. And do you know what that means to put your faith in him and to let the Holy Spirit do a mighty work in your spirit? And what does it mean when you were born again? Well, we're talking about it today. And I hope this is encouraging. I hope it's inspiring you. I know for me, it it stretches me, but I want to be stretched. You know what? The prophet said, Isaiah, lengthen your cords and then strengthen those stakes. Stretch it out and then hold that position. And I know this may be stretching some of you men today, but that's okay. We're just going to stretch together and then we're going to drive those stakes in real solid and we're not going to move. We are kings and priests. Jesus cleansed us and washed us in his blood to make us. That's his own words. Kings and priests unto our God. And look at this companion verse and passage in First Peter 2. It talks about this uh, verse 2. First Peter 2 verse 2 as newborn babes. That means when you're born again, first born again, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So milk's good. If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Can we just declare the Lord is good? (laughs) Oh, man, the Lord is good. He is gracious. Don't ever let that get challenged in your heart. The Lord is good. The Lord is gracious. He is kind. To whom, that means to Jesus, coming as unto a lively, lively or living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen of God and precious. See, we can't pay attention to what man rejects. Sometimes man will reject what God has chosen. And clearly man did reject Jesus, and yet God chose him. And praise God, if you've put faith in Jesus, you've chose him. And that was a wise, wise choice. Chosen of God, precious, you also as living or lively stones are built up a spiritual house. This is why family mission is burning with fire and passion, because it's all about a house God's building. It's all about a family God wants, because family is the eternal structure upon which and with which God will build throughout the ages. And so you choosing Jesus will pay off way more than you can even imagine in this life, because it's for the ages to come. He's building a spiritual house. We are a holy priesthood. So here Peter jumps right in, identifying us with that priestly side, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore, it is also contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect and precious. He is the he that believes on him will not be confounded. Glory be to God. I'm just going to roll right on through this. Listen real fast. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. But unto them that are disobedient, he becomes the stone which the builders rejected. The same now has become the cornerstone or the head of the corner. A stone of stumbling, even a rock of offense. 
even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto they were appointed. But you, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. See, there's another witness, a royal priesthood. John, in the book of the Revelation, records from the Lord that we were washed in his blood and made kings and priests unto our God. Here, Peter, he's bringing forth that same revelation, verse 9 of 1 Peter 2, saying, you are a chosen generation, you're a royal priesthood, you are a holy nation, or you could say a holy family. Because what was the nation of Israel? It was the family of Abraham. And who are we as spiritual sons of Abraham? We're the spiritual family. See, it's all about family. So when you see nation, don't just think, um, you know, some geographical plot on the globe. No, it's a family makes up the nation. The nation of Israel was a nation. It was God's nation. It was God's family. And through him, the seed came, Jesus, the seed. And through faith in him, Galatians 3 says, we're heirs of the same promise. We're heirs of the same blessing. You know, when God showed Abraham the vision, he said, your offspring are going to be like the sand on the shore and like the stars of the heavens. That sand represented the natural lineage of Abraham. The stars represented the spiritual offspring of Abraham. That's you and I through faith in Jesus Christ. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. So it's okay. Peculiar is good. Put that on a t-shirt. Peculiar is good. <laughs> A peculiar, uh, and also other versions say like a special or a chosen people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we're just going to stop right there today, gentlemen. We're going to pray together because God has called us out of darkness. He has called us into his marvelous light. And so I just want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you today. And I hope this word out of Revelation 1 and 1 Peter 2 has has not only encouraged you, I pray it even stretches you. It stretches me. I'm telling you, I'm encouraged. I'm nourished by these conversations, hopefully, as much as you. I know I am. I hope you are as much as me. Maybe that'd be a better way of saying it. I hope you're as encouraged as much as I am, because the word is good. The word, somebody say that the word is good. The word of God is good. And I tell you, there's just a witness in my spirit that this was the right word for today. This was the right word for this week. And I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, but I'm telling you, there are no accidents. We pray over every listener. We pray over every podcast. And if you hit that play button, it's by design. It was destined to be. And I appreciate you listening today. I I appreciate you tuning in. Hopefully you'll share this podcast with your friends and your other guys that you hang out with, guys at church, guys in your neighborhood, guys at work. Um Share it with your men at church, you know, you, that you do life with. Um, let's get more guys sitting at the table. But let's pray together before we sign off here for today, because I, I really just wanted to speak to the kings out there. Yeah, that's you. 
And we're going to come back um, maybe next week and kind of build on this a little bit. Got something else I want to dig into regarding you as a king. What does that mean? What are some real practical things? We're going to dive right into that next week, and you'll want to not miss that episode either. So grab the next episode that comes out. It'll be out next Thursday. And so just uh, or click it in the archives, you know, the next one on the Marksman Library. But let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for giving us Jesus, King Jesus. Thank you that you sowed him as not only a son, but as a king, because it was your good pleasure to give us a kingdom. And so as men, we receive that today. We receive our identity, our value, and our purpose from our King Jesus, from our Lord Jesus. And we thank you that the fire in his eyes will be the fire in our eyes. I thank you that what he declared and what is declared of him, that he washed us in his blood and he he made us kings and priests unto our God. And then Peter, he spoke over our lives, how we were a chosen generation and a royal priesthood. I pray that those words just water down and settle and sink in and take root as a firm foundation in every man listening today that they are a king and they are a priest even if they're single they're a king in their home they're a priest in their home they're they're protecting their garden if they're married or they're heading towards marriage, they're going to head into that knowing they're a king and a priest. They're going to have dominion and authority and leadership, and they're going to rule and reign through the love of Jesus Christ. And Father, I just plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one, that blood that washed them, that blood that cleanses them, and that blood that has made them a king and a priest unto their God. I'm so glad you joined the podcast today. Again, share with your men, friends, share with your guys that you hang out with and do life with, guys at church, guys at work. Marksman, what's it all about? It's about men, men who've been marked by Christ and who are then aiming their lives at Christ-likeness. Mark Spellman signing off today. So glad you joined me here on the program. 